Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everyone, welcome to the Royal Blue Everton podcast in association with Everton's main sponsors, Sport Pacer. Well, good evening. At the end of another dramatic deadline day, it's just gone up to midnight and I'm joined by Phil Kirkbride and Gavin Buckland. It's me, Greg O'Keefe, and we're here very late to review Everton's trans- summer transfer window. Um, Gav, Phil, thanks for keeping on the, the Horlicks and staying up with us. No striker, no defender, loads of positives. Phil, is it difficult to feel as if it ends on a little bit of a down, though? Well, I think you nearly said midlife there, and I feel like I've got an early midlife crisis after another another fraught deadline day. You and me both. It's just never gets any easier, never gets any simpler or, or straightforward. Um, I think, you know, look, you try and take a deep breath and, and, and take a step back and, and look at this with a, you know, the, the wider picture and, and, and look at what they did early on. It was terrific. They made an absolutely flying start, but n- not even a flying start can, can prevent you from a mad dash at the end, unfortunately, can it? And Everton were very much in that mad dash and they weren't alone. Many clubs were trying to get stuff done, you know, Man City being one of them and it didn't come off. Um, I, think, I think if you look at the team, they've strengthened in, they've strengthened in a number of areas. We've got a better goalkeeper. The defence has improved more or less obviously didn't end up getting the left side so that's still an issue midfield looks strong midfield into that final third looks strong but and it's a big but and I think it's the frustration I think that having such a good summer the final piece of the jigsaw still remains and look we'll wait and see whether it becomes and unravels onto as big an issue as maybe those fans think and as Ronald had almost well he, he, he labelled it the importance of it even as, as late as Sunday so fingers crossed they can cope looks like they're going to revisit it in January as Fahd Mashiri has said um, it's, 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 it could almost have been the window to end all windows for Everton but hasn't just quite got over the line has it Gav we said didn't we yesterday we were trying to rate the window um, based on no striker but a defender or no defender but a striker <laughs> How do, yeah. how do you rate the window based on neither? I was I was I was thinking of an analogy, you know. The, the, the best one I could come up with is like is uh, is like we've the transfer window is like we played the first leg of a home European tie and we've scored uh, two goals dominating the game and then conceded an away goal late on has <laughs> made the uh, second yeah. leg a little bit more more difficult than what it should be, you know. And I think that's pretty much how it. How, it, how it's panned out for me that we started off really well but, but we've sort of conceded as it were late on to, to make things tick in the future and um, I, I, I think there's been uh, I understand the focus on the strike a bit I, I just I just think for me and I said this in the pod yesterday is that we would sort of 
excluding the defence part of it at our peril here. I mean, one of the one of the recurring themes of the pod, certainly as long as I've been doing, is our lack of centre depth at centre back. Um, that by and large we've only ever really had three. Um, certainly after Stones was sold twelve months ago, and and we sort of had twelve months to rectify that. And I know Funes Mori is is injured, and we still left ourselves with three centre backs, two of whom are. You know, or aging for want of a better phrase, and we've got a few miles on the clock, and, and I think that that could really come back to haunt us, perhaps even more than not having a striker, in my opinion. It's definitely a, a major concern, and it's look, touch wood, it doesn't happen, but we have to be braced for the fact that, you know, at his age and the fact that he's he's had issues in the past, what on earth do we do if Leighton Baines gets injured? Yeah. And, you know, look. And and if you if you if you're going down the sort of pecking order and through, looking immediately into the under twenty threes, who would be the most senior in inverted commas member of that twenty three squad who would play left back? Well, it would have been Callum Connolly, but he's gone on loan to Ipswich, so it it can't and it, it clearly will not have escaped Cooman's concerns and plannings. I suspect, though, what would happen is if, if Leighton Bay has picked up an injury tomorrow, we'd see Cuco Martina play there. Yeah, but that's not ideal, Phil. I mean, no, I know. Regardless about Leighton being injured, is Leighton playing six Europa League group matches in between, you know, yeah. you know, Premier League games and at uh, uh, 33, but he is in December and, and his style of play there. I think that's going to be too much to ask. So I would say somebody playing left back as you say um, regardless about whether he's injured or not and, yeah. that, and that's even before we talk about our centre-halves where I've got major concerns with so though quite rightly did the striker thing as being the, the emphasis today I just think that those bits of the defence that have been really you know a problem for a while is, is, uh, is something that you know I said that I'm, I've had most concern about today to be honest with you Especially with Callum Conley going as well. Mm. And Gav, I'm, I'm going to have to say it, it was the, the maddest 20 minutes, I think, <laughs> in a transfer window many a time. <laughs> Ross Barkley, have we effectively it, now missed out on 35 million for a player with the earner's contract and may now have to face the compromise in January of selling a player who clearly doesn't want to be there? The majority owner's just gone on and, and said he's technically still an Everton player. We're going to have to sell him for a significant amount less in January, or he leaves for nothing in the summer. Listen, I'd love the fairy tale ending that he decides to knuckle down, gets fit before January, which again now is suddenly looking seriously in doubt, and wins over Cumin and, and stays. But I don't think that's that's looking on the cards at the moment. Gavin, Phil, ex- explain this madness. Um, yeah. Real, real twists, you know. Real twist right at the death on on deadline day. Um, for thirty five million pound fee been agreed. That's what Everton ultimately, you know, going into the final week were willing to accept. So from their point of view, they were happy. Ross, as far as I can understand, it had agreed termed. He was in London, but I'm told hadn't made it to Cobham. Hadn't undergone the medical. And had a change of heart and, and, and felt that he wanted until January to make a decision and wanted to be in a position in January where if he did decide to sign for another club, he would be walking in fully fit as opposed to, you know, on crutches, so to speak. Um, 
So, look, in many ways, I guess it's a brave decision from Rossi. He didn't feel comfortable and so, you know, made that decision himself that he, he didn't want to move. As you say, Greg, Everton, Everton will now have to accept a lesser fee. Speaking to somebody in football who knows a, a great deal more about this than I do, but they, they think they, they could still still ask for £20 million. Um, But obviously the fear is that, again, Everton are play hardball, which is their right, uh, on a player that who, who would have six months left. He doesn't go and then he walks for nothing um, in the summer as a, as a free agent. So... Look, Ross Barkley will never be far from the uh, from the headlines, and, and, and January will be uh, will be no different. Gav, yeah, I think there's more to come from this, isn't there? <laughs> I think we've not heard the last of this. See, I mean, it's one of the strangest transfer deadline tales I've heard because I don't think I've ever. I mean, you know, you've heard of deals breaking down at the last minute, um, but. You, 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 I can't recall, as Phil said, where Everton's appeared to have been agreed and at such a late stage the players pulled out. And there, there appears to be some confusion because I know Farhad has been closest tonight to saying, well, not closer to hear it, saying that he thought that Medical had taken place and then that doesn't necessarily be the case, necessarily being the case based on what Phil's saying. And it'd be interesting to see the reasons why. And unfortunately, there's quite a few people saying well this is just typical Ross isn't it you know when you see him playing sort of his mentality perhaps sometimes he doesn't know well, what his best decision is and things like that and people are saying well that's just uh, you know reflects you know uh, you know like, like the way Ross is and I think um, there's more more to come on this and you know Although Ross is getting stick about, you know, if you go to January and the club moves, loses money, it, it is a lesson, isn't it, that if you let a player yeah. with 12 months left of their yeah. contract to go, there's, and, and, and it might just be Evans' fault, it's collectively the, the two parties, there's always a risk of a last-minute hitch, you know, knackering you, and this is what's happened, hasn't it? And yeah. it, it, it was all... It, it's just typical of the way this, this, this situation has panned out over the last sort of six months or so, isn't it, really? Mm. Phil, just moving on from Ross, Koeman said before Stoke, he was he was sort of semi-lamenting the fact that he had uh, basically Dominic Carlett-Lewin and Sandra Ramirez as his out-and-out striking options, and he said you know, there are other clubs out there who have got far greater strength and depth. Um, in terms of out-and-out centre-forwards, that remains his options mm. until January. And we've since seen more of Sandro Ramirez and it's become clear that he's going to need time, let's say time, to adjust and, yeah. and, and to become a, a Premier League standard performer. Um, it, it's, a, it's a difficult situation now. Yeah. And, and obviously Dominic has been playing really well. You know, He was absolutely terrific at City, but he's a young player, a young striker still learning his trade and will have up and down games. You know, And, and so... What Ronald was trying to say is we can't um, expect, in his his realistic view, to be properly challenged in the top six uh, and obviously fighting on all fronts with those two as the only sort of recognised strikers in the squad. You know, this the decision Farhad was quoted as saying they reconsidered the position. Well, I'm, an educated guess would be, given on the conversations I've had throughout the course of today and into the early evening, that they took stock 
as as sort of the deadline was approaching and reconsidered, I think the, the they came to the conclusion that they weren't in a position to find an adequate striker and with the adequate amount of time left. So it's not for the, been for the want of trying. They've been working ferociously, I believe, throughout the day to try and get something, but there had to be a point where they had to say, look, we're not going to buy for the sake of it. Ronald has always maintained that he would not sanction the deal just for the sake of it. It had to be somebody of requisite quality. And so they came to the conclusion at sort of early evening that that, that player was not going to be available in the following few hours so it's far from ideal but as he said at the top of the piece um, only time will tell in the next four or five months how keenly the absence of a experienced number nine is felt we hope not much and we hope that we can get through to January in a good position and, and hopefully that time will allow Steve Walsh and, and Ronald to have found the player they really want. It's all right, because January is an easy market to operate in, isn't it? <laughs> Gav, is Koeman going to have to... Yeah, pretty much... I'm not suggesting he would sulk, but he, is he going to have to bite his lip very quickly get over this? I'm sure the, the, the beers on the beach in Portugal will help. And um, find a new way of playing, because he, it's pretty much yeah. been clear that he always likes to play to the strengths of, of a big target man. If you look at all his previous clubs, that's been the way... Dominic Calvert-Lewin, we said repeatedly, is is that to an extent. But is he going to have to find another way of playing? It's um, <laughs> a good point, isn't it, really? I mean, what an opportunity for Calvert-Lewin over the next four months. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think you know. I think the thing to remember of January is, if you remember rightly, I remember the press conference after the Leicester game in the FA Cup. Yeah. I think Ronald was too happy about the January business and he was saying then that you know that I think uh, he was hoping that's going to get sourced in the summer and it hasn't um, but going back to your question Greg yeah I mean it, it places even more pressure on collectively Sigurdsson Rooney Class and possibly Morales to come up with <laughs> more goals than what they needed to do yeah even if they you know if they'd had a I don't know a Giroud or whatever up front and it's also, sorry Gav, it's also placing even greater pressure, if that's the best word or emphasis, on the return in an attacking sense of Seamus Coleman and of Yannick Balassi. Well, did Farad Mishu give us a little nugget amidst that conversation when he, he revealed, apparently, that Balassi will be back in October? I don't know whether he was getting his time frames mixed up or that was correct. He said October and December for those two and he said Balassi first. So if we're going off that, then... Maybe they've re- they think Yannick will be back in October, so maybe that's it'll be a timely return. Maybe that's been part of the conversation this evening, where they've gone, look, let's not panic by Yannick's back in October. They obviously feel confident that he's going to be back to be the player that he was. So um, yeah, sorry, Gav, carry on. Yeah, no, no, but that, that well, that, you know, whoever, it, it, it places more emphasis on goals than that 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 area of the pitch, but. The brutal reality of the, of the situation is, is we've let, let a 25 goal a season striker go. And, as you say, Phil, not for the want of trying, mm-hmm. that we haven't replaced. Yeah. On, on a like for like basis, I bet, you know, not saying we should go out by a £70 million striker, but somebody who can play that role. Yeah. And we're relying on really a, a sort of novice 20-year-old and and a and a and a, and a, a player from a league who is, um, as you say, for a number of reasons, is is needs to uh, a time to adapt. And you did, 
you saying yesterday that when you have a look at the, if you look at the Cummins three years at Everton, this transfer window was always going to be the key one, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially as you come in like last year, you know, and when we we covered all that, all that at the pod last year, you know, he came in late, Steve Walsh came in late, there was the uh, the Euros and stuff, so we didn't have time to do business. It was quite clear that this this transfer window was going to be the key one, and although we've done good business early on we've sort of not fully completed the job as I say you know European football parlance we've conceded an away goal late on mm. in, the, in, in the home leg and I think um, I think that's that's the concern for me and, and if you're Ronald you think well I've got three years here I'm not really going to rectify this fully in January and I've only got a year left on my contract next summer is you know what scope have we got then? Yeah. You know, and I think that's the worrying thing for me. Yeah, there's definitely, you definitely don't want to be in a position where we're having to play major catch-up in January on the pitch and therefore having to go into the window and having to do something to try and claw, you know. Obviously, it looks like they're going to go in and stuff, but we don't want to be so far adrift that the season becomes... Look, sorry, last season was a real progress season, but we don't want to be in the same situation, points-wise, position-wise, adrift of the top four again in January, because although Luckman and Schneiderling came in and improved us, and seventh was nailed on for weeks and months, and we were the best of the rest, and it was you know a real sign of progress, don't want to be in the same position where we're just effectively treading water, because as you say, Gav, he's here for three seasons, and he, he'll be fully expecting going into this season that the, the squad would be strong enough to have made a leap even if that was just one position now I still think that Arsenal are totally totally gettable and catchable because I don't think they've had a particularly strong window you know I think you know they ended the season in a, in a bit of turmoil but Wenger signed and they were saying right we're going to invest yes to find Lacazette and, and, and the full back from Schalke but you still look at that team and go, they've got the same problems. No Lamar today, of course. Exactly, that was the player they were looking at. You've got Sanchez, who, look, he's a terrific player. What what frame of mind he's going to be in, I don't know. But I still look at that Arsenal team and go, well, actually, if Everton is serious, they're the team that Everton can overturn. But yeah, let's, not, let's the, just hope yeah. that they're not so far behind Arsenal in January that it's it's not possible. Yeah, I mean, and, and, that, and that's the worry, isn't it? And, you know, how, how the Europa League pans out. Yeah may influence things as well and you, you just don't want to look back on this you know you, you don't want to get to sort of like the end of the season and we finish seventh with sort of like sort of four points off sixth and fifth yeah. and think oh I'll tell you what if we'd have done good business last summer we would have got fourth you know yeah. or something like that you know yeah. and but I just think I've just, I've just got it's just, just I'm just a bit as I say, concerned that's not panned out as well as it should. But there have been, you know, enormous positives that we shouldn't forget within within that. And I do think it provides an opportunity for one or two players like Carvalhoe and maybe like Lockman to really step up, step up to the plate over the next three or four months. Yeah, and look, on, on the positive side, it's clear that they will be lacking a target, man. It's clear the ball hasn't stuck, particularly at Stamford Bridge. But that was our first defeat of the season. We beat Stoke. We got a good, good point at City. Um, you know, a goodish point at City against the ten men. But some real positives. 
And then, yeah, we've been pretty lousy first half at Chelsea. Um, we have had a really challenging start to the season. It continues to be challenging when the uh, action resumes after this weekend. Yeah. But it's very early days and, and those new players are bedding in. Sandro Ramirez could just need one in, in the league to go in off his, off his backside and all of a sudden we see the player was uh, mm. so highly rated yeah. last season. So it's not all doom and gloom by any means. Um, Sigurdsson, the fitter he gets, will become more influential. Yeah. Um, I mean, there could even be a situation where if Calvert-Lewin or Sandro were not fit or the games would dictate, you know, are you asking Sigurdsson to go and play as false nine? Maybe. Or, you know, Rooney, we've seen, has been asked to play that role. And Maybe. I, I mean, Gav... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like sort of like Tim Cahill role, wasn't it? Where yeah, he played yeah. up front where he wasn't really striker, he was just a sort of, yeah. sort of more advanced midfielder. But it's not ideal, though, isn't it, when you've lost Roman? I mean, Gary Neville got stick a couple of weeks ago on Sky, didn't he, for saying Everton have gone backwards compared to last season. Uh, when we finished seventh, because at that stage we sold Rom and not got a replacement in, and and well, actually looking two weeks down the line, and you think well, actually, you know, there's an argument to say that's the case, but it's up to the players that are there at the moment to prove them wrong, you know. Mm. Um, of course, we shouldn't forget. Just quickly, it's no great uh, surprise, but we did bring in, in the words of Mr. Mashiri, the Croatian boy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> So Vlasic is an exciting young lad, but who knows, he could have a Luckman-esque impact. I was going to say, look, he's, we weren't studying him too greatly uh, in, the, in, the two, in the two legs, of course, but he, he looks like he's got good feet, looks lively, played a lot of games for Hajduk, obviously he's got experience in the Europa League. Look, he could be the injection of creativity and pace we need out wide until Balassi's back, until you know, till Luckman's fully, fully back up to the player we, we know he can be. And, you know... Maybe he might help be for the time being, you know, because he's still a young lad. Might just be a kind of a stopgap to to bridge us to October, November, and help us get through a few games. Who knows? I mean, look, they've spent, spent you know a not insignificant amount of money on him. So uh, yeah, let's let's see. Yeah. I was just thinking there. Bear in mind where he comes from. Wouldn't it be a case of creativity? Oh, <laughs> uh, I forget. Uh, yeah, Sorry, it's, it's you know it's early morning here. You know, and still coming out with gems like that. You know? <laughs> well, listen, we're. we're um... <laughs> but, but, but we have. I mean, the one thing I would say is looking for the future. We appear to have bought over the last 12 months quite, you know, some decent mm. 18, 19 year olds. Yeah. It was a key area for Steve. Key Ruff. area that was, yeah, yeah. you know, and then. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've forgotten. Plays that maybe not first team, but look to be really. Good quality prospects, and I think yeah. that's something. Yeah, well, look oh. as well. We didn't. We let's let's again. It's worth reminding everyone not that they're sure have forgotten, but we bought one of the best goal, young English goalkeepers. Yeah. We bought one of the best young English centre halves. We bought Ajax's captain, who will only get better. Still fairly young, isn't he? Will yeah. only get better. Uh, we bought Wayne Rooney. He's already shown that it was uh, <laughs> that it was worth bringing him back. Gav, you stay quiet, you. And uh, <laughs> and and you know uh, you know Gilfie Sigurdsson was an absolutely fantastic signing. So yeah. hopefully the uh, the owner is correct and Balassi does come back next month, yeah. which would be great. To be honest, just, just, the, sorry, uh, so just one one thing I'd say about Calvert-Lewin. I mean, Ronald's really, obviously, really rates him, and we've, we've said that, haven't we, since, well, since, you know, beginning of the year. Do you think maybe, having seen the way Carvalhoon's progressed, especially since the summer, and he's come back and he's made him a major step change, you would say, in terms of his performance, they're actually thinking, 
well, actually, maybe I can go with him till till January. Do you think that? Well, that's I, also I, coming I, through? I, I think maybe Gav, that what they've done is they've had to use obviously. Calvert Lewin's been the yardstick, hasn't he? Of by which they've measured every player that they potentially could have yeah. had their hands on today, and so they've gone. Well, is so and so better than Calvert Lewin is now, or would so and so take longer, too long to get up to speed? Whereas yeah. Dominic can do it for us now. Yeah, and I th- that's what I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, and it's a good reflection on Dominic as well. That absolutely, that's absolutely. Because I think he's. Um... You know, we said last week, I think that during the summer we were saying about, you know, players who played with me and we had lots of players in the under-20s winning the World Cup, how they'd react to that. And some people actually rest on the laurels and don't push on. For others, it's enormous confidence boost. And for him, I think he can just tell, can't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, he, especially scoring the winning goal in the final, it's not the worst thing to do, is that he's obviously taken, you know, a big confidence booster from that. and He's made an, literally made enormous strides, and I've been really impressed by him. Against he's played some against some really difficult defenders yeah. at Chelsea and Man City, and he's looked really comfortable in both games. So you know that that's the the uh, every cloud of silver lining angle, isn't it? Really. And just just finally, of course, we've allowed one striker to go out on loan to be signed on Yakuru. What we wouldn't give for have him around now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a case if it hadn't been for his work permit, he'd be here now, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah, definitely, he would. Uh, he would have been would have been helpful. Well, listen, um, thanks for listening in as ever. It's been a monumental summer in so many ways. Everton have spent staggering money on some players. Record breaking, yeah. Been record breaking. Uh, it wouldn't be the Blues without maybe a late stumble. Whether it's uh, a stumble that proves really challenging Everton's chances and hopes of finishing beyond seventh, we won't know for some weeks and months to come. But keep with us on the Royal Blue Podcast as we discuss that, no doubt with Tony's vociferous and voluble input when he's had time to uh, to, to gather his thoughts. Um, Gav, I hope you've enjoyed having uh, being uninterrupted. <laughs> for a whole no, podcast you've got somebody to bounce off haven't you <laughs> yeah definitely no um, so yeah thanks again for listening uh, we'll try and make sense of this over the coming days and uh, we'll be back with you on the podcast next week see you thank you